move. Uh, like I think I moved consecutively every year for like four or five years, right? From from whether it was location or moving from a big big like from a big house to a little apartment to a studio to whatever. Like so consecutively for four or five years, I was moving, and I think I think it gets easier to move the more you move because at some point you're like, there's just too much shit. I just have right. too much, and you get less and less. So Jerry, now you have forty years of not moving. It's hard, it's hard to imagine the stuff I, you know, I kept and, and all this stuff. But but a lot of, obviously it's I'm, I'm moving in three days. So I have gotten rid of tons of stuff, tons of things. <laughs> the problem is you, you look at some stuff and you go, oh, I can't really throw this away into the dumpster. I need to I need to sell this or do this on a, you know, um, garage sale or something like that and then you go i'm not going to do a garage sale. too much work for the garage There's sale no chance in hell i'm doing a garage sale so i you know, find people who say oh oh i can sell that on ebay oh yeah take it all but you have to take it all you can't just take that one thing that you think you can sell on ebay I've got more junk in that box that you got to get rid of for me. But Jerry, you're talking about, and Steven's going to have to help me up on this. You're talking about finding those, those career builder recruiter dolls. <laughs> you're talking about finding like, we're not just talking about crap. Like this is industry crap. So I, I, I have industry history built into some of the boxes that I've, I am moving. If but, you did an estate sale, yeah. it would be an industry event. I imagine a line out front uh, of people waiting to walk through the Crispin residence to put put bids on, you know, collectibles. Yeah, maybe that's a Wait conference a second. deal. I, I can go to the Wait. conference and say, who will Here bid comes. on this? You Here know. Comes. Okay, so, so, so here's what you do is you display all of these mementos in your new home and open it to the public once a year as a museum. And then it's a nonprofit. You don't have to pay taxes on that. There was there was that Netflix show from maybe five years I'm ago. Starting, I think it was like Dirt, Dirty Money, like and the it. guy had like all the autos in his home. Um, oh I think I just yeah. watched an episode of Billions where they did that with artwork, and the and then they just made it a suddenly a museum right. to walk through. Who I mean, who wouldn't want to drive across the country to 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 see a career builder doll with you know? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I could, I'll I be could there at 8.30 a.m. The, yeah, the Museum of Recruiting Crap. I think that would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, taxes in New York are not like, you know, going to Florida, you know, so it's, uh, it is, it, it's, that's an interesting idea. Uh, it's something. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys ready to go? Good. Yeah. I'm good. All right. Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here.
Good grief. I'm actually crying. I have tears in my eyes already. <clears throat> we only did the intro. Uh, my name is Chris Soy, and I'm the host for the next 20 minutes or so uh, of this podcast. This is the Recruiting Community Co Podcast. It is brought to you by Career Crossroads. We don't have any ads that we run, so don't worry. You're not going to have to hover over that skip 15 seconds button. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify to sort of skip it, it, we're just talking to you about, well, whatever we're talking to you about. Uh, but we'll bring in folks from all over the recruiting industry to uh, just chat about what's top of mind for them. And we bring some folks in who are recruiting leaders or practitioners, CEOs, founders, that sort of thing. But people that we think have some interesting things uh, to say and that we want to share with you. Uh, the podcast does stream live basically anywhere that you listen to podcasts, as well as on social media. We're on the LinkedIn, the Facebook, the Twitter, the YouTube. Uh, and of course, you can get the details over at cxr.works podcast. Uh, and with that, I want to go ahead and welcome in today's co-host directly from the peanut gallery and always on the move, Mr. Crispin. How are you, Jerry? I'm just wonderful. Today is a wonderful slow day <laughs> and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think well, I think we should kick off all of these with the moving moving updates on you and the status of your relocation. Project. I, am, I am downsizing. Anybody who knows how old I am knows that it's time to downsize. <laughs> but but that has an emotional consequence when you have to rethink what it is that you're going to take with you. So yeah. that's kind of what we've been talking about. Well, look, speaking of emotions, if you are here with us live on LinkedIn or any of the other channels that have a, a chat window in there, go ahead and say hello. Uh, put a little emoticon in there, uh, but drop in a hello. You can you can share your LinkedIn profile if you'd like to do a little bit of networking. Uh, but I tell you that because the live chat for this show is going to be kind of fun. We've got a return guest. Uh, we're going to just start calling him Mr. Podcast because he's all over the place. Uh, but you can drop a question in there. We'll be sure to do a shout out for you. I want to go ahead and say hello and welcome from the peanut gallery in the green room. Stephen, how are you? I am uh, good. And I, I think that uh, Jerry's life work is being summed up by the word tchotchkes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought recruiting crap was a pretty good one. <laughs> Not his work is crap. It's a history it's element here that, that I think is important. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's great. Well, look, uh, Stephen, oh, I'm crying. I'm freaking crying. So Stephen, if, uh, for those who have not had the, had the pleasure of meeting you or seeing you before, why don't you give us kind of an escalator pitch uh, and let folks know kind of a little bit about your background, who you are, and, and why they should be listening to what you have to say. Um, I live in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm the founder of College Recruiter, a job search site. Um, we believe that every student and recent grad deserves a great career. Um, about 13 million use our site a year. Uh, our customers are primarily uh, enterprise level uh, companies, government agencies, and other employers that hire at scale. I love that. That is truly the escalator pitch. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, yeah. we're done here. That's it, everybody. Thanks so. for following in. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, you, you are, um, look, you, I think you're a little bit more than that. You got a lot going on in the space. Uh, I do want to share, you got a couple of podcasts that I think are worth mentioning. You're doing one with a friend, Peter of ours, uh, that's yeah. on. We want to promote that. I'm going to put a link in the chat here in just a second. But you've also done a little bit of philanthropic work uh, hmm. over the, before we jump into you know cool topics. But you've also done a little bit of philanthropic work. I want to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about that uh, if, if you'd like. Yeah. Oh, that, that's wonderful. Thank you. So I think um, you're probably referring to as right around a year ago at this time um, when sort of the hot war, the, the major current con um, war in Ukraine started when, when Russia invaded. And um, I've 
felt like this need to to get involved and to do something um, as a 56 year old who's um, only handled a, a gun maybe a handful of times in my life going over there and you know actually doing something dangerous wasn't wasn't in the cards um, but I did reach out to some folks that I knew in in the US and in Europe and one thing led to another and probably five or six different people kept pointing me towards um, Andrew Stetsensko um, who's owns a job board um, that's based in Ukraine. It's global. It's called relocate.me. And it basically helps tech workers anywhere in the world um, find jobs where they're going to be relocating to Australia, South Africa, the US, whatever. And he um, kind of put his business on pause in February of last year to do humanitarian relief, loading up his family's minivan with water, diapers, um, tourniquets, whatever, to help uh, Ukrainian civilians who were under fire um, in the war. And I created a GoFundMe with him. One of the weird things, and it still is, it still exists, is that you is that GoFundMe will not send money to people in Ukraine. I can kind of understand them not doing it to Russia, but they won't do it to Ukraine. So um, I came up with a bit of a workaround created the GoFundMe tied to my account, my bank account. So when you donate money to that, then the money comes to me. Usually the same day, I then move that to Andrew via PayPal. Um, and then he goes out and buys thermal underwear, blankets, um, medicine, whatever uh, for Ukrainian civilians. And, and I think we've raised over $30,000 so far. My guess is Andrew has probably saved the lives of thousands uh, of people uh, with just basic humanitarian efforts. Um, and, you know, certainly I've helped, but the vast majority of that is on him. Um, it's really, it's really remarkable with the work he's done. Wow. Well, I've put it, <clears throat> excuse me, I put it in the chat. We've got it on an overlay if you're watching live, but I also put it in the chat. I think the chat is just going to Facebook and YouTube today. For some reason, it's not going to LinkedIn. So if you're on LinkedIn, it is relocate.me. It's that easy. So th thanks for all of that and to that entire team that does that work. That's just really admirable stuff. Yeah. And if somebody if somebody wants to donate, shoot me an email, Stephen at collegerecruiter.com, and I'll, I'll get you the link for that. Okay. Easy enough. Good stuff. I'll leave it up for a little bit. Uh, I want to say hello to Desiree. And we got a couple of people in there say, <laughs> saying howdy and hi in the chat, and that's okay. Uh, but Stephen, so we, we, well, let's do this too, because you're also mm -hmm. part of, I mentioned earlier from a podcast perspective, you're also doing some work on high volume recruiting. And then you've got mm -hmm. another podcast. I think you're the co-host of both of these that you're doing with Peter Zolman on um, uh, what's inside, inside job boards. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, we, when we were naming that so Peter Zolman is the founding principal of the AIM group. Mm -hmm. um, they, publish a variety of reports on autos, real estate, job sites, classified advertising sites globally. They're probably the best analysis or source of analysis for that. So um, some of their subscribers will be employers. Some of them will be investment banking companies, um, industry players, like we subscribe to it and stuff. And it's, it's a really great source of information it's not just regurgitated press releases. It's actual analysis. It's it's what we used to call journalism. And <laughs> so Peter is, Peter and I are the co-host. Um, when we were naming the podcast, we realized that there was no cost to using more words. 
Mm -hmm. And so, hey, why not use as many as possible? So it's the Inside Job Boards and Recruitment Marketplaces podcast. Uh, Vanna, may I buy a vowel? And yeah. uh, and um, the other, and so he and I publish weekly. And we're actually um, just announced yesterday that we're going to be doing pretty much what you're doing here. Um, this seems like it's a much better way of reaching people in our industry. We're at our desks more. Um, jumping onto something on LinkedIn for 15, 20 minutes, it fits in nicely. Um, you can have coffee, you can have lunch, whatever. Um, and the other podcast I'm the host of is, is, uh, also going to be migrating, uh, in, in roughly a month. And that is the high volume hiring podcast. That one I economized on, on the number of words in, in the title. So the inside job boards one is about the job boards and recruitment marketplaces industry. Um, yep. Different different sites, different ways of doing business, what works in Malaysia, we'll talk about that. What works in Belgium is very different, we'll talk about that. And then hopefully the listeners can kind of pull that all together and understand how to better work with a job board if they're an employer or if they are a job board, um, how to do a better job. Uh, we talk about things like, taking transactions in multiple currencies. If you're a UK company and you want to buy job ads in Brazil, how do you do that? It's not as easy as it sounds, um, yeah. especially when you start to get into programmatic and pay-per-click and you've got different currencies in different countries. It gets messy really quickly. Um, well, there's high two... volume is... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Chris. <clears throat> no, sorry. I was just going to say there's two, there's two job board topics. Uh, if people want to go super deep that we can head them, head them over there. But there are two job board topics that keep coming up with some of um, some of the members Jerry and I are talking to. One is mm -hmm. uh, the regards to co cost per applicant, paper applicant uh, yeah. application, uh, which has come up, uh, reared its head. I think we all knew that was coming last year, but on Indeed, they've made that shift. I think it caught some people by surprise. Uh, uh -huh. <laughs> maybe it should have, maybe it shouldn't have, uh, but that, that, I think that's slightly different debate. Uh, so we could talk a little bit about that. And then the other one I'd like to also talk a little bit about is maybe your take on chat GPT or this type of mm. ML and AI learning that goes into the job board equation. Cause I think there's some potential on, on both sides of that. Right. So, so which one of those so, <laughs> do you want to jump on first? So, so what, what I'm, what I'm hearing, Chris, is that you're giving me a choice of either stepping into quicksand or into a big pile of shit. Um, but I'm, so I'm it's giving my you choice. To swing over both. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be so, the, we'll be the so, evaluators of that, of the, the result of that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I'm kind of picturing like the the the, the like the movie. It's like a uh, gladiator. Okay, you know he's okay. So um, I, let's yeah. Why don't we just take them in the order that that you talked about them? So the shift to pay for performance mm -hmm. has been going on. In my mind, I see the big shift to pay for performance starting 23 years ago, when when Google started to sell advertising on a pay per click basis. They didn't invent it but they sure as heck popularized sure. it. It took job boards and, and the rest of the talent acquisition industry um, only two decades to start to catch up to that. It's relatively fast. So in, yeah, it's relatively fast and compared to some of the other technology embracements that, that we've made, there's been a massive shift in the last 
probably four or five years in the U.S. And now Canada is closely behind the U.S. and the U.K. is also closely behind. In a year, probably the three, the three markets will all be on par. Next is the European Union and the rest of the world pretty much is just not there at all. Mm -hmm. um, and it's probably going to be three, four, five years before we see it. So cost per click, rather than paying for an ad that runs for 30 days, traditional post and pray, you get what you get. Right. Those ads served a purpose that pricing is easy to understand. It's the same advertising model as Benjamin Franklin used for his newspaper in the 1700s. You know, you're not going to pay for results. We're going to run your ad, um, send us send us money, and you know, go f yourself if it doesn't. Work. Well, the, or the, that's or, basically, or that if model. it's not working well enough, give us more money, because that that was oh the, yeah, because yeah, and yep, yeah, and then start to play games like you know, logging in and editing your ad so it goes to the back of the search was top of the search results, which hasn't been a thing for only 15 years, but employers still do I, it. I remember do, things I remember like doing that. that to my job postings. Just oh to, yeah, to the it, top of that. It, yeah. Oh, it worked and it worked really well until the job board said, stop it, because it was just a bunch of spam is, is basically what was happening. They, the, the posting wasn't any more relevant than it was the day before. And the recruiters were kind of tricking the software into thinking they were more relevant. Anybody that knows anything about SEO, you never want to try to trick the search engine. It always comes back, um, but in the, in the long term. But Cost per click, when that started to become popular, um, the click usually, but not always, has been the candidates on the job board clicks the apply button, goes to the ATS. And indeed, bless their hearts, um, and I'm not an indeed hater by any stretch of the imagination, they kind of muddied that water with the two pane and stuff like that. And now are you clicking from the search results? To the job detail page and then there's another click to the it, it got confusing there's yeah. not comp so if anybody out there is like i don't understand what a click is you have good reason to not understand what a click is because it's not there's not a common definition for it as crazy as that sounds so now we've also gone another step which is going to complicate things even more and now it's cost per application mm -hmm. well what's an application if you're on Indeed or some other job boards and the candidate completes the application on the job board, I think we all understand that's an application. You pay for that. But what mm -hmm. happens when you go over to the ATS? Just clicking over to the ATS is an application. Well, mm -hmm. the last time that I saw um, a numbers from AppCast, 93% of those clicks do not convert into applications. So seven out of 100 of those clicks are not app, not actually applications, but you're calling them applications. So let's let's add on another layer of confusion. It it is it, it it talent acquisition people have an absolute right to be frustrated as hell because they it, it's one thing to ask somebody to shift their business model, but you have to be able to explain to them what you're asking them to switch it to. But it's mm -hmm. murky. So there's the quicksand. So so um, tight budget TA teams. Are, yeah. are feeling that immediately in just the last few months, like feeling to me, especially the small, like the smaller businesses, whereas they yeah. maybe had a couple of hundred dollars set from a budget standpoint on, and I'll, we'll just use Indeed as the example, right? Because we're yeah. talking about. So as they had that budget set, all of a sudden getting an invoice or getting a charge on their cards, that's 10 times that. 
Yeah. So that's a great point, Chris. One of the big frustrations with, with the SMBs, the small and medium-sized businesses um, out there, there's been tons of discussion on LinkedIn because why wouldn't you go to a job board to complain about job boards, um, is that you had exactly what you're saying. Employers had $200 budgets. All of a sudden, they're getting bills for $2,000. So indeed, um, to their credit, said straight up, mm -hmm. we screwed up that there were a small number of employers that those caps, those budgetary caps did not move over. It was a technical problem. Mm -hmm. And then all those employers need to do is contact their rep and it's reversed like that. So I don't see that as being the budgetary issue as being the same. I think that was a, a, a an error in the rollout in the technology. I That's really different to me than the pricing shift. Earlier, you were talking about how there's been some confusion whether mm -hmm. employers should be confused or not confused. I don't ever think it's on the customer to be, to have the onus of finding out information about a longtime vendor. If, if a longtime vendor makes a fundamental change in the value that they deliver to you, mm -hmm. it's, on the, it's on the vendor to make sure that you understand. It's different if you're a new customer, then you have some onus in explaining what matters to you, what doesn't matter to you, what questions do you have. But if you've been working for Indeed for 10 years in the same way, why would you be checking and really looking into things that you don't even know exist? Um, okay, so now, but now you're, but now you're talking about a customer care, right? And customer yeah. management issue, right? And we, we could yeah. belabor that all day long. I'm kind of interested though, if, and correct me if my memory serves. So college yeah. recruiter, switched yeah. to cost per applicant like back in 2015 2016 something like that sort of ahead of the game yeah sort of we we started to migrate in 2016 okay awesome. um to cost per click we do have a small number of customers that buy on a cost per application basis um okay. if if we if we had if i were to put a thousand of our customers into the room probably 990 of them are cost per click. Probably one or two of them are traditional duration based. And then the rest, whatever the hell that math is, Jerry helped me out six or seven. Um, that would be, those would be cost per application. The vast majority of enterprise level customers are not yet ready for cost per application. They don't really understand it. It's really hard, for example, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter whether it's duration based or cost per click or cost per application or paying, you know, when the sun comes up, what really matters at the end of the day is that you get the candidates into your hire, into your funnel that you need to hire people and, and what action they take that triggers the cost. Mm -hmm. I don't think it really matters. The closer we get to the, to paying per hire, I actually think that's better for the employer because it shifts the risk to the job board. It aligns the interest between the job board and the employer more because if the candidate doesn't click or if the candidate doesn't apply, the employer doesn't pay anything. Well, they that, are. That, I agree with that. Um, but there's two things I just want to double check with you. One is um, whether they're ready or not, indeed is almost 100% cost per application at this point. Yes. So there's that. Yes. And the and other and they are the 800 pound gorilla. 
right? Yeah. It's not like it's some little tiny niche site that who the hell gives a crap about. This yeah. is a the major source of applicants. You're getting good at forcing so, change. So you're going to get better if you're if you're spending money with Indeed. And the other piece mm -hmm. was if if someone presses submit. Mm -hmm. They completed the they completed the application from their perspective. Mm -hmm. Are you saying that there's a significant number of failures of that information to now be in the ATS of the of the employer? If it's not that they well, sort of. It, it you're a candidate, you're on Indeed, mm -hmm. you see a job ad for your typical Fortune 1000, which yeah. probably most of the listeners are, right? Most of the listeners probably are requiring the candidate to go over to the ATS to apply. That's where the drop-off is. So roughly 93% of the clicks from Indeed or any other job board do not convert into applications. The candidate goes to the ATS and they do not apply. But then is so, Indeed charging them for a completed application? They're charging them for what they call an apply start which is the same thing as when we charge for a click, they indeed calls it an apply start, welcome to the quicksand. Now, right, I'm not me, saying that what Indeed sure is doing is, it's just, it's. I, I think this is a problem that Indeed, because of their size, that, that, that other job boards are going to adapt to. The, the language, I think, will become clearer over the coming years. But in the okay. meantime, it, TA, Man, you have a right but, to be confused. But at this moment, I have an ATS. I'm a big company. I have an ATS. Yeah. I don't want Indeed sending me applications. I want Indeed sending me people who complete applications. Right. But since Indeed can't tell once they've sent somebody to my ATS whether they've in fact completed the application, they they, they are they, they are essentially charging me for the click to get to the application form. You're talking about application start or application correct. Interest. Yeah, about it's it. So so is in, that a different for, price for a than lot of completed application? Yeah, although um, some employers, many employers, um, roughly ninety percent of our clients will provide us with what we call conversion data when we mm -hmm. send a click to the ATS. Does that person convert? And so, if the employer is able and willing, two different things, to yeah. share that data with Indeed, then Indeed is able to take on more risk, and then they only charge you for the completed application. That's where the industry is going. So whether okay. an, whether it. a TA person it. loves it or despises it, sorry, get used to it, because yeah. this is going to be the new reality. It's yeah. like, in, it's like, it's like June of 2020. You can hate wearing a mask on an airplane or you can love it. But if you want to ride the airplane, you got to wear the mask. And, and that's going to. What this takes me back to is my jobs to web days. This takes me back. Oh, yeah. And I miss that dude. But this takes me back to the job to web days when like every single click was in question. Every single activity reported or requested was in question. And it ultimately seemed to come down to just trust, right? And Paul, mm -hmm. if you're still, I think you're still, I'm going to throw that back up. Paul makes a point that I think while we were talking and Paul says, but most of these systems suck. He's not wrong. Yeah. 
how will anyone know what the source of power really is? We generally don't know this today, which is still fascinating that we can't quite get there. But Bill also chimes in uh, and says, Bill says he's gotten very good results using Indeed's pay, this is all hyphenated, pay only for an applicant. <laughs> if you are happy with the applicant. So I, I, I think both are right. Um, yeah. I, I know both well. Um, Paul more or less lives down the street from me. Um, so I, I, I know him better. Um, I think that Paul's perspective on this is more typical for an SMB. That a typical SMB has um, less of an ability to actually know where the applicants are coming from. But every major ATS for over a decade has made it actually really easy to use some kind of source tracking. And if TA provides the code to the job board, then when the job board sends the candidate over to the ATS, the ATS automatically knows this candidate came from career builder, monster, college recruiter, LinkedIn, indeed, wherever the heck that candidate came from, it's automatically attributed. And that works really, really well. Now, it multiple does. source attribution is a disaster. Okay. So if you go to Glassdoor and do some research about what is the best logistics company to work with, and then you go over to LinkedIn and you connect with the hiring manager, and then you go over to Indeed and you apply to the job, what's the source? It's going to be Indeed. But shouldn't Glassdoor get some credit there and shouldn't LinkedIn get some credit there. I'm about weighted sources. Again, I'm right. And it's like that, tracking all of this. I mean, you, you just Steve, talked Steven, about. We're not going to yeah. get there until there's standards and there oh, are not I, going to be standards. But I can tell you that the number one source for many years until I stopped, I got so frustrated, I stopped doing it. Up So in 2015, number one source People think, oh, referrals. No, no. The number one source was other. Yeah, or or career other. site, me, or meaning the, the employer's career site, list. which which is which is never a source. It's a destination, and you yeah. and I have shared more than a more than one glass of wine and, and agree on that. So at the end of the day, Jerry's tchotchkes are going to be. <laughs> on a shelf someplace for longer than 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 any of us will be alive and this issue will still be out there um so god bless the tchotchkes <laughs> well look <clears throat> we, we're running out of time because we try to keep these about as long as i like to spend on a treadmill uh and then, and then just kind of wrap them up nicely because they are a quick chat i want to thank everybody who joined in live Stephen. before we let you go and we asked this of all our guests so you had to you had to know it was coming mm -hmm. if you we're going to write a book uh on this topic what we're talking about today what what do you think the title of that book would be and why pay me now or pay me later <laughs> i love that and who gets the first signed copy can't be jerry right <laughs> If, if I give it to Jerry, it's just going to end up in a box in an attic. He's not wrong. In a basement. It's Jersey, right? It's just basements out in Jersey. <laughs> All right. Really, I'm going to leave you guys on the screen as I talk through a couple of these. We've got some updates. But before I do that, uh, Stephen, thank you again for being on the show. We love it. Uh, really thank quickly. You, let me pull this. Whoop, where did my mouse go? Let me pull Don't this Don't go away, up. Stephen. Hang up. I want to, yeah, don't go anywhere. I want to remind everybody evergreenpodcast.com slash high dash volume dash hiring. 
that is uh, the High Volume Hiring Podcast. Uh, and then you've also got uh, the podcast with Peter Zolman over at the AIM Group, and that is evergreenpodcast.com slash inside dash job dash boards, all one. Uh, you can pick which one of those they have to buy a valve for and how that works, but that's fine. Hang out. Don't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or just use the search on LinkedIn. We have pages for both. Awfully easy. Or hit the profiles. Hit your profile. You'll find it there. It's not It's not hard to find there. Easy peasy. Uh, for those members who are still dialed in and listening to us or who are watching this, uh, back by popular demand, we've got Andrew Flowers, who is the lead labor economist. You heard Abcast mentioned earlier before. Coming back for his third discussion with us on recruiting economics. We're excited about that. That's on the second. If you are part of the book club, uh, awesome. Uh, if you are not, you should check it out. CXR.works slash books. They are talking about um, Michelle Obama's book, The Light We Carry. March 3rd, I think, is that second meeting that they've got set up for that. You can check that out. That is open to anybody, not just members. And then I think on our next show coming up, you've got Mike Woodrow from Aspen Tech Labs, who's going to come in and join us here on the podcast next time. So until then, we're going to wish everybody a wonderful rest of their week. Uh, and tell you what, Jerry, why don't you take us out? Say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, everybody. That's all we need. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads, and on Instagram at career xroads. We'll catch you next time. Oh,